Hello and welcome to an edition of the Players Podcast for our friends at Keeneland and Keeneland Select. So excited to be working with Keeneland and Keeneland Select this meet more than we ever have before, covering this Keeneland meet every day with these standalone shows and then on our late week show as well. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornatel, back with you uh, still in the what the building I'm calling the London Layer as we get ready for this uh, Wednesday Keeneland card. I'm going to be at Nottingham in the morning and then uh, we'll be watching Keeneland via simulcast a little bit later in the night. And to talk about this card with you, a man who we can introduce in many, many ways, one of the most respected figures in the contest world. I think part of the reason why he does such a good job is he's also a horse player himself. He also uh, is one of the higher-ups at, uh, at Keeneland, director of uh, simulcasting and wagering. And then he has his own podcast whose name we accidentally stole all those years ago. <laughs> From the Keeneland Select in the Money Podcast, he is Jim Goodman. Jim, how are things? Hi, Pete. I wish I was over there with you. No, I don't. I, I, I'd rather be here in October. I really would. Although I saw your uh, mug at the Giants game. You, you planned things very well this time. Yeah, as soon as I saw the Giants were playing the the weekend before Champions Day. But believe me, you know, it's one of these things where I want to be in multiple places at once. And if I could actually ever figure out how to do that, I'd be in Keeneland for the whole meet. I love the fall meet. It's amazing racing, as we're going to see. I mean, what fascinating racing for a Wednesday, especially this featured race, but really a lot of really interesting stuff. It's an amazing time of year in Lexington, and you guys got the meet off to a pretty darn good start last weekend. We did. Uh, we had a an absolutely outstanding Friday. Um, we did 16 million on Friday. I was expecting to do a little bit better on the weekends. We, we still beat last year on both days, but uh, Santa, Santa Anita had the big uh, pick five carryover on Sunday that took almost $3 million out of people's hands to go into that pot. So uh, very pleased with the way things went. We had a lot of inquiries, a lot of disqualifications, uh, so my Twitter blew up. And, uh, for those people who wanted who wanted an opinion from me, I hope you understand. When I put something out as quote unquote Keeneland Jim, you take it sometimes as Keeneland's official um, opinion on that, and it certainly is not. So I chose not to respond to those of you who sent me uh, rather graphic uh, tweets about a couple of things, oh uh, especially the one on Friday. It was a, it was a very difficult weekend for the stewards and i'm just going to leave it at that it was anytime you take somebody down or anytime you don't take somebody down you're going to make a number of people upset so uh it was but all in all we had knock on wood we had no major injuries to horses or to horsemen or to jockeys uh we didn't have any elbows flying on saturday <laughs> so it was a it was actually a great weekend the weather was good we had uh, a great crowd we've reduced our crowd numbers on saturdays uh, you have to get a ticket in advance, so you can't just walk up to the gate. And it's a much more pleasant experience here than it used to be when we tried to crowd 30, 32, 33,000 people in here. We had about 21, I think, on Saturday. That's the right number. Yeah. It, it, you can really feel the difference as a fan, and, and I think that's a, it's a fan-friendly way of, of doing things. I mean, it's got to be hard, obviously. You think more people, more betting. But there comes a point of diminishing returns in a facility the size of Keeneland, so I definitely approve of that. When you think back to all the great equine performances we saw over the weekend, does one stand out to you? Malathot looked absolutely imp- incredible. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that think Ness is going to blow her away on Breeders' Cup Day. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> Malathot's going to be right there. And I took a picture of her in the paddock uh, and tweeted it out, and she just looked 
like a queen and uh, uh, backed it up on the track. Uh, net, you know, Todd Fletcher, a loaded hand there. And, and also Clary Air is going to be in the race. So this staff is turning out to be a, a really, really good race. The other horse that I like, uh, and I saw him. I have an advantage. I can get in the paddock and look at the horses, you know, before the race. And Forte looked like a champ. And uh, turned back around. I bet him. He just barely, barely beat um, uh, Liggins. Lo- Loggins. Uh, Loggins. Loggins. Kenny Loggins. How can I remember? <laughs> I was going to say, the Danger Zone? Come on. Help me. Kenny I'm Loggins. all right. Yeah. There'll be lots of great songs. <laughs> and Loggins and Messina before. Ex- even before oh, that. now there's, there's a reference my father would appreciate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. House on Two Corner. And, uh, yeah. Lots of great songs from Loggins and Messina. But yeah, I thought Loggins was going to come out and, and beat him. And it, they bumped a little bit. There was inquiry there. So, uh, but I thought Forte looked outstanding. And Cave Rock looked as good or better at the end of the day. And everybody's thinking Cave Rock is going to walk over these two. They're not going to walk over. He's not going to walk over anybody here at Kingland. I think those two got a lot out of that race. They got a race over the track, and uh, Baffert shipping in Cave Rock here. He may be a superstar, but he'll have to earn it on uh, Breeders' Cup Friday in the Juvenile. You're the perfect person to ask this. I'm, I'm definitely of the mind that having a race over the track, very important thing. I mean, have you seen that play out in reality over the years, that there is a little bit of a home field advantage at, at Keeneland? I think that's true with any track. Um, I think it's true when you look at a horse that's raced before, even at Saratoga the summer before. I think you've got to factor that into your handicapping. Uh, there's different tracks, different, you know, different atmosphere, different uh, housing in the barns. All these things that, that would affect an athlete affect a horse. And I think uh, our track is not as quirky as some other tracks. Uh, it is somewhat speed favoring, but I think it's been very fair over opening weekend. But I just think that the fact that they are, they came here and they ran and they both ran their eyeballs out and were well clear of the third and fourth place horses, uh, I think sets them up extremely well for the juvenile. Cave Rock may be a superstar, and I, I hope he is. I hope they throw it down down the stretch and we'll see what he's made of. He had a really easy lead at Santa Anita and just blew him away. But I think that it, that won't happen in the juvenile. But um, it's going to be a great race. I'm, I'm so looking forward to Breeders' Cup weekend here. Let's do a moment on your podcast, Jim, because you've been doing a nice job on that for a number of years. We, we owe you for, uh, you know, basically allowing us to use our name because you were around before we were, and I somehow fumbled the ball on that one. But um, it, you do great work. I want you to tell people what you do and where they can find it. Well, you know, uh, on a side note, I think uh, Morgan and Morgan will be contacting you about a lawsuit. Uh, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to take my time on that, you know, slow walking it. But Wait till no, we really hit the big we, time. We don't have nearly as the listenership that you do. We concentrate on our King, with our Kingland Select players. And Tom Leach, who's the voice of the Kentucky Wildcats football and basketball, and I do a podcast each racing day at Kingland and then each Saturday in the off season. So you can catch that anywhere you catch your podcast but if you're a keenland select player certainly you can click on handicapping and that's the easiest way to get there and uh, we usually do the late pick four or the all stakes pick four at keeneland and we'll be doing the pick four at uh, uh at keeneland on wednesday and i guess we're going to talk about that either the late pick four or the late pick five so we'll 
we'll kind of compare notes there. It's good. I'm like you're you're rehearsing with me, which is appropriate. Hopefully, you know that that'll be that'll be fun, um, and it'll be always great to get to get Tom's insight on these races as well. Before we dive into the races, though, I do want to talk a little bit about contest stuff with you. Yes, we have a big weekend coming up this weekend. I don't know why I do this to myself. We have Fall <laughs> Stars Weekend, of course, is is our biggest weekend of the year. It's, it's, our fall meet is so front-loaded with all the great ones and all the winning your ends. And so we jump right in on Friday and, and wind up on Sunday with uh, the spinster. And then I take a breath, and now I'm working on my day <laughs> off here, which is supposed to be my day off on Tuesday, <laughs> trying to get ready for my contest. <laughs> so my contests are scheduled for this Friday and Saturday. A Friday contest is a $400 um, basically, very simple. Uh, Two hundred fifty dollar bankroll, one hundred fifty goes to prize fund, and you can bet that two fifty any way you want to inside the race. The only thing is, you have to be here at Keeneland. That's a that's a contest that I put in for the benefit of my Keeneland players that come here to do my big contest. It's been very successful. Uh, I may put it online next year. Uh, it's it's a very like I say, an easy contest to manage. Uh, kind of a prelude to the Saturday contest. The Saturday is my big one. It's called the BCBC NHC Fall Qualifier for the for those two big events, and uh, it's a thirty-five hundred dollar buy-in with twenty-five hundred bankroll going to um, and a thousand dollars going to the prize fund. It's a little more complicated. You've got about four hundred to race times five races and a total of at least twenty-five hundred dollars. Um, I'm looking at my numbers. Um, the numbers on track are going to be down this time, but I'm hoping that my numbers online make up for it. I usually have around 220 in the fall. I had 279 in the spring. Uh, I'm hoping to get enough on Express Bet and TVG and Naira Bets and HPI, who's a new participant this time. That's terrific. So we're, we've got them all covered. I've already got a few HPI players, so if you're in Canada listening to this, uh, we're not offering phone wagering like we did the last couple of COVID years, but we are offering you the way to get into the contest through HPI.com. And you can contact my friend Klaus Ebner up there if you've got any questions about that at Woodbine. Klaus is great. He's on these airwaves all the time talking JRA and, and Woodbine with us. The, the, everybody up there, the Canadian players, are going to probably know him already. The best websites, or what's the full array of websites one more time for folks who want to sign up for the Saturday contest uh, south of the border here in the USA? Okay, so what we'd like for you to do is go to keeneland.com slash wagering, and under handicapping there is a a link to the contest page and, and register through us. Perfect. Uh, you can pay you can pay either a hundred dollar deposit or you can pay the whole amount. Pay the hundreds. You can pay the rest of it when you get here if you're coming to Kingland. If you're playing on TVG, Four NJ Bets, Naira Bets, or HPI.com, you must register through our website and you must register by noon on Friday. That's when we'll cut it off. If you're playing on Express Bet, you can do either do that or you can contact ExpressBet directly. They have a huge tournament uh, players database, and Crystal Barco up there does a wonderful job with this contest. So if you don't want to register through us, you can register at ExpressBet, and they will take registrations all the way up till noon on Saturday. Okay, great. No, that's good. That, that, those are all excellent solutions. I love this contest. I love the prize structure. I think it's one of the best ways to win into the BCBC all year long. And you really have a chance to, to compete almost, I mean, obviously you have to have a great day, but it's not 
it's not so top heavy where to be number one you have to bet some be super comfortable betting some crazy amount of money. You can you could do really well in this contest. I think even as a new contest player, obviously the veterans are going to have an advantage, and you see those names. But I feel like this is a particularly good format for somebody who's you know more at the intermediate level to still be able to win, as opposed to you know needing to be able to fire all your bankroll at at, at the end in this one. And I think we've seen that over the years with some some of the newer players to contest having success in this format. Would you agree with? That? Yes, I do. And that's one of the reasons that we try to do that. And I want to make it really, obviously, from a selfish standpoint, if you're sitting in fifth place, I want you to try to get the first in that last race because that helps our handle. But if you feel like you want to play conservatively, uh, the top six get BCBC and NHC spots, plus their bankroll, plus prize money. And then the next four get NHC plus prize money in the bankroll. So you know, last in the spring, we had 279 players. Uh, the winner got $65,000 in cash, a BCBC, NHC, and his bankroll was over 30000 uh, But it only took a, a lot of times, it only takes maybe ten to 12000 bankroll to get that 10th spot in NHC and maybe 15000 to get the top six. And that's just a ballpark. Obviously, it depends on how many bombs we have that day. Sure, but I mean those numbers. It's not. It's not like you have to go 10x of your of your bankroll to to get paid. It's it's manageable. Let's talk about these races, Jim. We've got about 15 minutes left, so we will not be able to go into the deepest dive again. If you're looking for more, check out the Keeneland Select in the Money Show wherever you get your podcast. They're going to go over the last four races on there. We're going to start though with the beginning of this late pick five, a bet that's. Uh, extremely uh, extremely appealing and fun, and I get involved in most days I'm at Keeneland. We kick off race number four. We've got these $20,000 claimers going a mile on a 16th. Jim, how are we going to light this candle? Well, you and I talked off air about how tough this one is, and I, I wish we had flipped the fourth and the sixth races. The sixth is a maiden special weight, and you just got to play connections there. But this fourth race, you know, $20,000 claimer, non-winners two lifetime. I usually like to look for a horse that has not lost very many times. I like a horse that's three or four in, into their career and getting there. I don't have that here. Uh, the only horse that has, you know, fewer lifetime starts is Prestonsburg, and, and uh, he's certainly a long shot here at 50 to 1. So I think you either go deep or you take a stand. And I think in this first leg of the pick five, I'm going to take a stand with Sono Grotto for Brian Williamson. Brian doesn't run that many horses here. He's a good horseman, and he really loves to win at Keeneland. But Shissa takes the mount here. He's rode, ridden this horse the last three times at Churchill and Ellis in a 50,000 starter a couple times. And then they did drop it down the claiming rakes at 50,000 level the last time at Churchill. And you got a 76 buyer, which if he repeats that here, I think it's, it's going to be right there. So I'm going to take a stand with Sono Grotto here for Brian Williamson and uh, Adam Bashissa. Uh, one for 19 doesn't float my boat, but the horse has been there. Uh, four seconds and two thirds, and is very consistent numbers wise, and seems to be going in the right direction. Fourth off a layoff. I'll take these one for a lot horses a lot more when they're racing at a new low level, and that's the case with Sono Grotto, and why I had on the B line for for me. I did have two others I wanted to mention. One of whom I think should be a pretty nice price. Number twelve can't hush this. This is a horse that ran a really solid figure three back in the last dirt start, and I thought had a chance to be the best speed, and I also wanted to use. 
the three one more baby who I thought might be able to get a perfect trip in behind the pace has a nice blend of speed and stamina to get a good trip and Diodoro has such strong marks off the claim he's not really known for his success at Keeneland but he doesn't do terribly there I, I think I'm more impressed by his claim numbers than I am concerned about any local numbers so 12 three and two for me to kick things off and we'll pivot to race number five, which is a nice allowance race going a mile on the grass. I'll go first in this one. I like number one, Mazuma, the best in this spot. This horse ran really well uh, first time off the layoff and the first time against winners. Fits really well on figures and has a great draw. I thought that the four-runner policy option and the six, Martini and Moonshine, both ran very well last time, chasing a loose winner in a race that's produced two next-out winners. Felt like either of those could end up being the best of these late. I was going to go one, four, and six in this spot. Jim, how do you see it? You and I did not discuss this prior to our, our recording, but I have exactly the same three horses in just slightly different order. Uh, I like policy option uh, over the four, the one and the six. Policy option and Martini and Moonshine ran right together at Kentucky Downs uh, in a turf race, and they each got I think they each got eighty three buyers. I was a little more impressed with the race that policy option ran that day came from uh, way out of it was dead last out of the gate, uh, 10th at the top of the stretch and closed to within a neck. Whereas Martini moonshine got a little bit better trip. I think that day uh, it was uh, down the inside. So policy option would be my top pick for Juan Kano. I also use Mazuma. If those two don't fire, I think that 80 buyer at Kentucky downs last time out were, he almost uh, uh, almost got through there for with Ortiz, and Gaffleon takes them out. So we have exactly the same three horses. I like it. Well, hopefully it's a case of great minds think alike and not fools seldom differ, to throw those uh, two warring cliches out there. Race number six, we've got two-year-old maiden fillies. We're going seven furlongs on the dirt. Jim, we'll keep it with you. Yeah, I've got to go deep here. Um, I think uh, Pletcher's horse... Uh, Mija, uh, or Mia, maybe, um, with Jay being silent, possibly. Yeah, Miha, I'm going to say. Yeah, Miha, okay. Uh, so this filly was really well bet at Saratoga. Went off at 7-5 to five and did not run. Uh, and the comments are say coaxed for a wide, no impact. So, you know, I, I just think at Saratoga, most of the time, when a first-timer from Todd goes off at 7-5, to five, she may not win, but she's right there. So I, that's a huge question mark. They obviously did not persevere with her. She wasn't quite ready for that that day at the races, but she has worked steadily since then at Saratoga. Todd ships her down here, so I'm going to use her. I'm going to use um, Diamonds, if you do, for Graham Motion. Uh, long, long work pad, uh, work uh, tab up in uh, Maryland, and this horse, I mean, Graham gets him ready, and I, I would not be surprised if this Philly fires first out. He's not known for his first-time starters, but he does get them ready. Harmonica for Tom Drury and uh, Santana. Tom won here over the weekend with a 12-to-1 shot that I unfortunately did not get, and he is <laughs> one-for-one at Keeneland as you look at the records, and he is an outstanding Churchill Downs-based horseman. I'm also going to use a uh, the 11-horse for Brad Cox, uh, the alleys look, uh, and Giroux takes that mount again, just like just like uh, Grand Motion. Brad Cox doesn't bring a horse to the races unless she's ready. This horse has a lot of really nice works, including a 48-1 at, on October 7th at Churchill. 
And then I'm going to throw in a uh, my long shot here is a uh, a good friend Andrew McKeever, who's a locally based trainer who doesn't have a lot of horses anymore, but uh, I I respect him a lot. And you look at Mister Mister Pascal or Declan Cannon at twelve to one. Go back two to that work at Kingland. Four furlongs, 48 and two, first of 37 that day. So, going to go five deep here, betting on connections. Um, you know, the next one I would use because of Keneally and Luis Saez is the one beautifulness, but I don't really like the one hole coming out of that seven furlong shoot. All right, I'm going to list all six, and the little thing we'll send around to our In the Money Plus people. I'm going to call six, three, and five sort of your top level, 11 and eight, your sort of second line, and then uh, we'll throw in the one for a penny on, a, on the C line as well. I had the same top two horses as you. I, I mean, I really, I, in the other order, I, I thought that Diamonds, if you do, I just love this pedigree first out as well. And that last work from the gate, I mean, that's uncharacteristically fast for motion in a good way, who, as you noted, can absolutely have them ready, even if it's not something he's known for. I, I was pretty interested in maybe even pressing up Diamonds, if you do. And then Miha... You know, you mentioned how bad the first race was, and it was terrible. And I agree, usually they do some running, but this meet, there were some exceptions to that. I mean, Chocolate Gelato was another Pletcher runner who first up at Saratoga had all kinds of hype. Now, granted, she ran better than Miha did, who did absolutely no running. But it did seem like a particularly deep and tiring racetrack that was hard on first-time starters. And, I mean, this blood is just crazy. I mean, Rachel's Valentina out of uh, Rachel Alexandra by Curlin. Uh, Pletcher showing up here at Keeneland. I don't know. It just feels, this is a very soft angle, but it feels to me like uh, to come back without a big layoff at Keeneland with this pedigree, I, I don't think he wants egg in his face. I, I think this. I think she's going to run, and I'm very interested in the three and the six, and I'm going to take another long look at some of the ones you mentioned. I thought you had some good angles in there. Maybe I'll throw in some backups as well. Two-year-olds compete in race number seven as well in this allowance race, going a mile and a 16th. And this was fun form to parse through. I mean, there were just so many interesting runners. I, I ended up, there's four at least I need to talk about. But, Jim, let's get your thoughts first. I also have four I want to talk about. I don't know if they're the same ones as you. <laughs> that would be um, hilarious if we're that similar. Yeah. Um, my top pick was the three-horse Frank's Honor for Kenny McPeak. Uh, Kitty is well known for getting his two-year-olds ready to run at Keeneland, and, and this horse just blasted him at Churchill last time out. Went off at six to one. Uh, first two races weren't that impressive, but uh, stretching out the mile sixteenth certainly uh, suited uh, this colt. And uh, out of one hole, he just blasted the front and never looked back. So, uh, lots of early speed. I think he can uh, parlay that. But there's a lot of speed in this race, including Bourbon Spirit for Brad Cox, who. Uh, jumped up into a uh, stakes race off a win at Ellis Park. They shipped him to Monmouth and uh, he had the lead and then faded, got beat by Lost Ark. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And the major dude, the horse came back to win who finished third in that race. So I got to use Brad Cox's horse. Going to use Forbidden's Secret down the inside. This is another Fletcher horse that um, broke his maiden at the big A at Aqueduct uh, on 18th of September. Not a strong number, 72, but one by nine and three quarters. I just wonder what kind of race that was. So, But he came out of a couple of tough races at Saratoga. For, forbidden Secret to clear the deck came out of those two races. Uh, came by, see you later. Another horse has been in stakes races since then. So I'm going to use Forbidden Spirit. And the fourth horse is 
Mark Cassie's horse, uh, traffic master for Gabriel Saez, and um, just thought this horse moved really forward off his initial race at Ellis. They tried him on the turf. He came back and really took to the dirt at Churchill. So at 46 to 1 that day, uh, that shows you that you don't always take a horse that runs on the turf and dismiss him in his second start, his first start on the dirt, especially for Mr. Cassie. So I'm going to use the four inside horses. Um, uh, Carmel Road is going to scratch out of this race. Uh, he ran over the weekend. He drew in. So don't don't take a look at that Baffert horse. But there's a lot of other horses in here I could use. But, but I'm going to stick with those four. We're the same. We're the same top three. And my fourth, I was going to mention the Baffert horse and ask you if th- he was really going to wheel back in four days. And if he was, <laughs> I was going to use just because that would be so bizarre. And you know, out of deference, uh, I, I would have. Well, used first of all, I don't. I don't have any inside information. I just assumed he was going to scratch. I don't. I don't know that he's not going to wheel back. Gotcha. So, okay. I'm going to leave in the so mix. So as you're handicapping, yeah. leave him in the mix because he certainly hasn't hasn't scratched as of yet. I don't know anything about it. I just assumed he was going to scratch after that uh, October eighth race. It, that only makes sense. I put him in there as a backup. I, he did run in the last five years. He's he has run another horse back in, in four days, um, and the horse did not run particularly well. But anyway, I was going to leave Carmel Rodin as a backup. The top three we have, um, just in slightly different order, the two, Bourbon Spirit, I think is really interesting. I think there's a chance this horse could get lost in the betting because the posted figs are so slow. But you have to build in improvement for age, given when those races were. And I thought that the, uh, the debut run at Ellis was just great. Had no chance with that trip, steadying out badly, won anyway, and the sapling was fine. He won the race within the race, being the best of speed, and went down to a much the best closer. And then the other note I had was uh, apparently been working well with Chop Chop, who was very good in the Alcibiades. So there's a lot of angles with yes. number two, Bourbon Spirit. Uh, three Franks Honor, one in wire-to-wire fashion at Churchill. I'm hoping doesn't need the lead, because as you pointed out, there's so much speed in this race, but... If this horse can just settle a little bit off the pace, I think, and let and let them go, um, the horse has passed runners previously. You mentioned about how well McPeak does in these kind of spots. This one's just fast enough to keep on on side. And then I did want to put Forbidden Secret in the mix as well, the one runner on the stretch out for Pletcher. This, as well as this horse handled seven furlongs, and given the hands he's in, I think he's going to understand the assignment. Uh, might be too much pace. Definitely my third of the three Forbidden Secret, but I want to keep involved as well. We have one more race to talk about. It's our nightcap. Another nice-looking allowance race. Three and up going one mile on the turf. When it comes to this late pick five, Jim, how are we going to get paid? Well, I hope we get paid. I hope uh, my new morning line maker, Mr. Uh, Nick Camaro, <laughs> is correct on this one because I, I like his top two choices here. Uh, and Nick's done a great job for us opening weekend, so we're very pleased to have Nick as a part of the team here at Keeneland. Rhetoric is my top pick. Um, Brendan Walsh gets this horse from Bob Baffert. Um, they bring him um, over to the Keeneland turf. He has not run on the turf before, but he showed so much ability at Del Mar. Uh, I got to trust Brendan Walsh's uh, instincts on this one. He gets Rosario to ride. Um, and I just think the horse has a lot of ability at a quality road. I think that certainly the turf number is decent, 332. So I'm going to use rhetoric. Uh, rhetoric i'm sorry on on the top and then i'm going to use mike maker who always kills me at kentucky downs and he owes me something from that meat (laughs) by the way um but he runs well here too so bay street money with maker and corrales 
Uh, again, another uh, trainer switch. Rob Astros had this horse at Saratoga. This horse has better has, has experience on the turf and almost broke through this condition at Belmont uh, before they took him to Saratoga. And uh, I think those two horses fit extremely well. Greatheart numbers fit for Le Peru. And Axbound for Sassy Joseph worries me on the outside coming out of that Kentucky Downs race. I always like Kentucky Downs horses shipping to Keeneland. They're very fit, and that mile at Kentucky Downs is more like a mile of 16. So uh, Sassy Joseph worries me with Axbound the 10. I love the name. Now, I don't know if you ever had any dealings in your racing career with Pete Axthelm, after whom Axthelm is presumably named, but he was an amazing sportscaster doing NFL on NBC all those years and a great writer. I just saw somebody on Twitter the other day posting about his book, The City Game, classic about NYC hoops. He co-wrote the Cawthon book back in the day, The Kid. Did you ever come across Axthelm? I never met him. I had a lot of respect for him remotely, though. So, yes, I I, I know the legend, and uh, I'm sure that's horse name for Pete. Yeah, you got to figure, right? I was going to get yeah. skinny here with rhetoric. I think the horse probably has a pace edge, fits so well on numbers, and you mentioned about the turf breeding. Absolutely. I mean, the dam, hard not to like, was all turf, um, and a grade one winner around Keeneland. I think a Jenny Wiley winner back in the day. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm having now, I, if I, if Nick Tamara were here, he'd know, and he, he'd probably know what <laughs> buyer she got. But um, now this is this is great blood for turf. I think Brandon Walsh is getting ready to to shake things up and and start having a bunch of winners. And it might just start with rhetoric. I like your ideas, and I didn't, I wasn't originally planning on talking about the Maker Runner Bay Street Money or the Ten Axton, but those two, I'm definitely as I look at it for another minute, going to throw in his backups. But rhetoric alone, a for me, Jim. Anything else? Any other messages for the horse players while we have you on air here? No, I think, uh, you know, Keeneland is so front-loaded with the stakes races, but we got great racing the rest of the time. Uh, I mean, we'll have full fields. I think we averaged about nine and a half horses per race on opening weekend. Um, and I, as we get into the the meat of the meat, uh, so to speak, uh, where you'll get a lot of horses that are running at this level or getting ready for Churchill, uh, turf races have been at a premium this fall in Kentucky with Churchill's turf problems. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't have quite as many turf races as we normally do because we're getting ready for Breeders' Cup. But uh, our turf races are outstanding. They're really great wagering opportunities. And we will have the $3 turf pick three that I started last year and that some other people have copied. Um, we will have this every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We will not have three free turf races on Wednesday or Thursday, but as we are scheduling right now, we do have them for this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the $3 pick three will be in play for this weekend and likely the, the full next weekend. I'm glad that I'm not the only one who copies you, Jim. That makes me feel much better about things. So we'll take that. We'll take that as a win. And yeah, we're covering the all turf bet over on in the moneypodcast.com. Michael Domable doing that every day that they're running. He's doing a fantastic job. Gave out that $1,200 one on opening day. Not too bad. If you're not reading him, you're costing yourself money. We've also got Eric Solomon covering daily. So uh, we, we've got a, a lot of great, uh, a lot of great stuff. And Eric DeCoster 
doing the notebook for Keeneland over on In The Money Plus. We've never covered Keeneland this thoroughly. We appreciate the support, Jim, from you and, and Dara and, and Gatewood and the rest of the team over there. Cormac, it's been so fun working with, with you all. And I will be down there. I'm going to go the week before Breeders' Cup. I'll come, come in for that week. Hopefully we'll get a chance to hang. I just I love a few days at Keeneland. Couldn't pass up the opportunity. And Breeders' Cup is great, but it's not like Keeneland Fall the way that I need Keeneland Fall. So I need to do both. So that's the plan as far as that goes. Look forward to seeing you in a few weeks, and maybe we will bother you again. We're going to be doing these shows daily. We'll bother you again before it's all said and done. Well, I will be right here. I'm not the world traveler you are, but I've got a nice, <laughs> I got a nice spot. The, the colors are turning now. It's just really beautiful here, and uh, today's like 72 and sunny. Beautiful. Just uh, absolutely gorgeous fall day in Kentucky, and. We can keep this weather through November 5th. I'm going to be very happy. Oh, fingers crossed. We're going to get you over to ask it before too long, by the way. That's, that, that has to happen at, at, uh, at some stage for sure. Sign up at KeenelandSelect.com. A terrific bonus offer that's the standard for new account people. Make sure that you check that out. We thank Keeneland. We thank Keeneland Select. We thank Jim Goodman. We thank all of you for listening and making these shows so much fun to do. This show's been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Codney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos!